blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Good day, brothers and sisters. We come to the end of the liturgical year. We will be celebrating Christ the King tomorrow on Sunday. Let's greet our Lord first with a sign of the cross in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of the universe, grant me pray that the whole creation set free from slavery may render your majesty service and as citizens to make proclaim your grace through our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ your Son, lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Just a very brief background on this uh, solemnity. This was instituted in 1925 by Pope Pius IX, I think. So it's not even 100 years. Right, mm. and the background of that was it was the time of so that was after the first world war, right? So mm. secularism, atheism, and so the call of the church and the pope, especially to recognize the kingship of Christ, okay, in the midst of all this uh, confusion and chaos, okay. So that's why we have this uh, feast. The solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, which ends, as Patrick already mentioned, ends the ordinary time and then introduces us to the coming of the new liturgical year, which is next Sunday, Advent. Okay, so we have closing and beginning. Meaning to say, every closing, every ending is also a new beginning. Okay. So, our readings. So, to introduce you to, uh, for those of you who are uh, joining us online, uh, for your benefit, the first reading is from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 34, verses 11 to 12, 15 to 17. The second reading is the letters St. Paul has been writing to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 20 to 26 and 28. And the last time we are reciting in this liturgical year, the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25, 31 to 46. And we will start with the first reading. First reading, a reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock, when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so I will tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they were scattered when it was cloudy and dark. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord God. The lost I will seek out, the strayed I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, the sick I will heal, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. Shepherding them rightly, as for you, my sheep, says the Lord God. 
I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Uh, anybody knows who is this uh, prophet? Ezekiel? No? <laughs> this is one of the major prophets. Because we always hear Isaiah. Yes. And then we hear Jeremiah. And we take for granted that Ezekiel is one of the major prophets. And he was the prophet during the time of the exile. Mm. So almost all his visions, the visions of uh, Ezekiel. I don't know, you, you remember there is one reading from Ezekiel, which is very strange. The dry bones. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the bones on the hill all dried up. But then God said, prophesy to the bones. And he asked the bones to be raised up. One by one, the bones came together. <laughs> so it's a figure of the resurrection. This is how strange is this problem. But anyway, uh, his book is divided into three parts, just to put the context. So you have the first uh, uh, chapters up to chapter 24 will be about the judgment of Israel, okay? the nation of Israel. Yeah. And then the next part, 25 to 32, will be the judgment of the nations. It's like uh, you zoom in first on the small no? God's people, and then God's people extended to all the nations. And the third will be the promise of hope. So that will be 34, uh, 33 to 48. So our, our reading for this Sunday is about hope. Yeah. Okay. Even if you feel there's judgment there, you feel immediately that there is a promise of the coming uh, times of uh, <clears throat> well-being, no? When the Lord God shows himself as the real shepherd. Because uh, I guess the background here also will be the leaders who really did not act as shepherds. Okay, so the leaders of the people, the leaders of the government. Now, that's why God says here, I will, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. Okay, and how will he do that? So he will gather those who are scattered, rescue them from every place, <clears throat> pasture my sheep, give them rest. And then the next part is very interesting because this will be repeated somewhere in the gospel. In the gospel, where we have the different categories. No? But since this is the introduction to the gospel, so you hear here the lost, okay? The lost, will I seek out the strain, those who are, and then the endured, the sick, okay? So all of those who are needing help will be uh, under his special care. But then there is also the judgment part. And you will notice here now the sleek and the strong. I will destroy. So that's quite harsh. Mm. Okay. But because there is there also the, the judgment part. And I guess this was really chosen because of that. No? We, we introduced last week that uh, coming to the end of the liturgical year, it's usually like examination. Examination of conscience, examination of our lives. So the parables that we have been hearing are all about end times. No, you remember two Sundays ago it was the remember the ten virgins the ten virgins two Sundays ago the wise and the fool uh, foolish virgins 
And then last Sunday was, <clears throat> remember? Giving away talents. The talents. The three were given the talents, and then they were they were asked, how did you use, how did you make use of these talents? Now, this uh, introduction now to the gospel will also be a surprise because, as you will see, it's all the Lord's initiative. We don't even know what we are doing in life. And by the time we will be judged, that is the only time we will discover the criteria of judgment. And that's very interesting. So there's a surprise, uh, the surprise part in this gospel mm. as prepared you know, by the first reading. So maybe that will, that's our transition to the gospel reading now. From Matthew. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me. Ill and you cared for me, in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. A stranger and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for those of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the introductory part of this Gospel uh, repeats what we were saying, that this is about judgment time. So mm. somehow it's a bit uh, different from what we usually see as the portrait of the judgment. Mm -hmm. what, what comes to your mind when you hear the judgment? Maybe the Sistine Chapel? Yes. Okay. <laughs> those in the right and those in the left, 
the meaning to say those who go to heaven and those who go to hell. Well, that's a silly question, but yes. in here they say they separate the sheep from the goats. Yes. And often in Western thought, the devil's portrayed as a goat. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yes. Yes. But the, so somebody, this, there was there was a uh, comment by a woman, biblical theologian. It's so it's so unfortunate that the goats yeah. were put on the left side because they're portrayed, <laughs> portrayed as part of the when they are the more smarter ones. Yes, they're smarter than the sheep. That's right. The they say, "Don't be sheep." <laughs> yes. So you see, but anyway, I think the surprise. The surprising thing here is when the judgment comes, even those who are being judged did not know. Yes. Did not know that what they were doing was the criterion. Mm -hmm. Right? They even asked, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink, etc.? In, in the end, we really do not know how we will be judged. But taking from this gospel, we are given this as a kind of the model for the acts of mercy. Remember, the yeah. church's acts of mercy. Because after the Ten Commandments, you have the acts of uh, yeah, the works of mercy. Feed the hungry. Yes. Okay, give drink to the thirsty, uh, dress the naked, visit the sick, those in prison. So this becomes really uh, a practice. But to me, it makes sort of sense that they don't, you, they do it because of the goodness of the help they want to help people, not because yes. they know it's God. Yes. If they knew it was God, then it doesn't yeah. have the same intention. And, and it's not just the doing. You, right. you notice the Lord did not give any choice because he put also the negative part. If yes. you do not do, meaning the omission. Yes. You see it there, but you did not do anything. Yeah. No? So th we have also this sense of omission. You are given the chance, yes. the opportunity, but you did not do it. So you missed your chance. So be careful, Charlie. That's why every Sunday when we say things that we have, we haven't done something. Yes, yes. When we do the confitior, no? Uh, for when we confess our sins, not only for what we have committed, what we failed to do. Yes, yes. But anyway, here, you, you. That that is really the. I guess it's it's a very deep calling. You know the works of charity, and it's best that even even in our in our tradition, we don't want to see to say that we are doing it. In yeah. fact, in the gospel it says, "Do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing." Right, but it has to be coming. In a spontaneous manner, out of the goodness of your heart, as you're saying. And this is also sometimes the basis of what we call anonymous Christians. There are those who do not want to belong to the, any institution, any church, but they believe that to do good is really part of being deeply human. They don't even know that they are Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who who was uh, I, I think it's Carl Rahner, one of the theologians said where you have these people who act and who live according to the goodness of their heart, you have anonymous Christians. 
I don't know if this is analogous, but there's a very famous story in Hong Kong about three foreigners who came to Hong Kong in the 1960s, and they started something called Duty Free Shoppers, DFS. Duty Free Shoppers. You know, DFS at the airports. Yeah, yeah. Two of them, oh, they all made a lot of money, but two of them wanted everyone to know everything to be named after the third gentleman insisted that his name never be used. He gave away all the money he made in Hong Kong and around the world to charities. When they wanted to honor him in Hong Kong, they said, well, send a limousine. He said, no, I'll take the public bus. Mm -hmm. And he told his children, you will get no money. You must work and give to the public. Is that Feeney? Yes, Chuck Feeney, Charles Feeney. You know, he's an amazing man. Because the other two, remember the one who had the three daughters, they married him to like a prince. Yeah, Charles Feeney. It's an amazing story because he made all this money and gave it all away. To help others, yeah, and he wanted no credit. Please write down in our chat, the uh, in our chat group, the name. So you know the story, Charles. Chuck Feeney, yeah. Charles. So you see, my, my notebooks. Okay. Mm. So you're connected. Anyway, anyway, it's always very on, very on. Yeah. yeah, did he did he ever acknowledge his being a Christian or no? You don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I just always yeah. talked to this man that yeah. he wanted to help a bit more to be acknowledged. So he just wanted to do it anonymously. So beautiful because yeah. even uh, in the larger scale, sometimes we say the kingdom of God is only in the church, but some of them say no, no. where well, there is where there is the you know the goodness, the love, there is the kingdom. Yes. So Christ's kingdom is much, much greater than the church. And I hope that really we will have this bishop. You know, when I was a young boy, I remember when we traveled in the States once. So they, in America, they have these, what they call Christian preachers who mm, preach yes, on yes, the streets. They, and they say, if you don't know Jesus, you will go to hell. And I remember asking, said, well, what if they're in Africa or India or China and they never heard of God, but they're good people. Would God send them that? Yes, God would send them that. And I <laughs> said, no. very well. And I just realized, I said, no, that can't be right. God wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah we, we have to enlarge our vision. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this somehow, this is a very challenging gospel because this is judgment. Okay. We tend to really divide the good and bad black and white, but in the end, you really have, he said, there was a controversy that even Pope Francis was, uh, when he was interviewed by uh, an Italian journalist, it seems, no, we never know if it's true or not, that he even said, there is no hell. They said, but but that, that is one of the rumors, but it's really giving always a chance to people because you, you do not know how the person is being judged. Okay. So here also, this gospel, I said, the challenge here is you do not know how you will be judged. And that is good because that keeps you on your toes, right? But what they say last week, it'll come like a thief in the night. Yes. yes. This is not to, I, I like to clarify, this is not to put us into a state of fear. No? Because we already know in the first reading, God's promise is really uh, pasture for the needy and you know giving rest. So it's it's the the good shepherd. 
that is actually our ending also, the, the song, The Good Shepherd. But uh, I tend to agree. The thief, and the, to your point about keeps us on our guard because we don't know how we're going to be judged. I think the thief in the night is also keeps us on our guard. Yes. And let's not wait to the very end because nobody knows when it's going to come. And God tells you it's not, it's going to come. It's reality. It's not so much fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, it's not a first liturgical year. I mean, a lot of us have gone through this a lot, right? So at, at judgment day, God's going to say, don't tell me, don't, don't say I haven't told you so. <laughs> I mean, finds that you've gone through the liturgical year. But let's not let's not uh, beat around the bush. Nope. There is heaven and there's hell. Yeah. And, and this is and what this is what the gospel is telling us. Let's not water it down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, uh, as you said already, do not wait up to the last. That's because right. even here in this gospel, you see, it's done every day. Mm-hmm. Meaning yes. to say, yeah. all the things that were That's done right. here yeah. by the sheep. These are the things that happen every day. You meet somebody, and this is not only the hungry, the naked. Uh, it's really someone who's in need. This is in harmony to the teaching of the Good Samaritan in, mm. in Luke. Mm. No? Whoever you meet on the road that is in need is Christ. I have one sister who would... Uh, in the Philippines, she's is really from Samoa. But every time there's a, a poor man knocking at the door, she would say, Sisters, there's Christ on the door. <laughs> okay. So that, that's a very, yeah, very literal way of But really, it helps us to be awakened. There's Christ on the door. Because we're mm-hmm. just so used to having Christ who will help us. We don't see Why? Christ who is in need. He needs our help. Yeah. So that's also, I think, uh, an education, a formation, a reformation or transformation of the mind that we need to do as we live on this earth. Okay, <laughs> I was telling my Thursday group that uh, my father used to tell us children, whenever you see somebody who's in need, give, give, no? And be grateful also that you are not the one and that uh, yeah. and you, you can give. And so when he died, I saw so many people who I have never seen in, in my lifetime. And when I asked them, uh, do you know my dad? Said, yes, we come here regularly and he gives us something. So it's, it's a state of the soul, no? the state of, uh, yeah. Uh, relationship with my my father was not very religious. He goes to church only twice a year. This must be his birthday. But anyway, but that is really his commitment. Yeah. That is his way of yeah. honoring God, seeing him in the and so uh this raises our quality of life and I think this brings us to the Letter to the Corinthians in the second book. Yeah, um, and I think this leads on really well because God, to the very end, is trying to save us. He's telling us um, how we can be better. And you notice that um, he mentioned very physical things that can help us in terms of providing for food, providing for drink, and obviously. It's the, like Sister Victoria was saying, the, the act, the intention of being 
um, doing well holistically, both body and soul, to our fellow brothers and sisters, that's important. And we'll also we'll find out why it's important in the second reading, because Paul tells the Corinthians, when it comes to the end time, both your soul and your body will be raised into heaven. So that's why the preservation of both the soul and the body are both important. So let's hear about the second reading. A reading from the letter from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead came also through men. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life, but each one in proper order, Christ the first fruits. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ, then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to his God and Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. When everything is subjected to him, then the son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. He speaks to the Corinthians. Uh, these people lived in, it's a, Corinthians are the people that lived in uh, Corinth. It's a city in Greece, uh, about a mile's drive from Athens. Uh, first, Paul talks about the first resurrection is Christ, both body and spirit, completely. And then, then lastly, Christ will come and destroy everything that opposes God, including death itself. So there'll be no more death. So in the end, Paul summarizes, uh, as we just heard, God will be, will be all and in all. So having said the resurrection of both body and soul, Paul reminds us that we should be adequately prepared uh, for this. And we saw this preparation or the hints of preparation in the gospel reading. Because we really need to care for one another holistically, both body and soul. And we heard Jesus asking in the gospel, when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, were you there for me? So the preservation of both the soul and the bodies are both important because when it comes to the resurrection, we will be resurrected both body and soul. Uh, finish, Patrick. So thank you for that reminder because you see uh, the church has also, aside from the works of mercy, you have also the spiritual works of mercy. I remember during the year of mercy, mm -hmm. so that was also emphasized, yeah. which is uh, counseling those who are needing, those who are depressed, no? 
listening to those who need help, etc. <laughs> These are spiritual works of mercy because the person is not only body. person has also the spirit, the soul. And so the spiritual works of mercy are very important also in our church. Uh, sometimes, I think here in Hong Kong, especially a very affluent society, it seems that there are no people needing, uh, the people don't need anything. And no. yet, no. and yet, no, we know, we know how uh, difficult is the, the issue of mental health, yeah. right? And so the acts of mercy here and the spiritual acts of mercy are very important. All in all, I guess the reading is really introducing us to yeah, the reign of Christ in our hearts, in our wills, in our minds, and in our bodies. Okay? So it's recognizing him as really the ruler in our lives. So any questions or reflections? Yeah, I think um, that's why when Christ asked the question in the gospel, As to when I was hungry, uh, did you feed me? It's at two levels of the satisfaction of the physical famish. Also, the fact that mentally, I know you're there. Right? So it's at two levels. So I don't think we should simplicity look at, oh, I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. But I know you were there for me. So I think it addresses both the mental and the physical aspect. So it's, it's a holistic thing. Um, Because when we come back to God, we'll be in God um, completely. So mm. uh, not just the soul, not just the body, but the whole, whole person. So, and it also goes to the point why Catholics, as Catholics, um, I mean, our preference is not for cremation. We, we want to preserve the body because it is part of uh, God's creation. So I think in, in that way, uh, everything is actually important, both mental and physical. But we do all want to open it up for um, reflections and questions. And, and I actually thought a lot about Mary Craig uh, when I was reading the second reading, because uh, I would have thought that you would have some questions with regards to the resurrection of the body. Yeah, because... Uh, When, when a person will die, you know, there is a, a soul will, I don't know, it automatically will separate or if it stays, I don't know. Who knows? We really do not know. But there are many of those who are saying that it takes uh, at least 72 hours. I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> 72 right. hours. But meaning to say he's still there. Huh? Because, uh, it's not easy to depart. You know? Even It's not easy to depart from this world. You know, the whole Our whole life is really uh, a practice of departure. Mm, of course. Right? It's how to end uh, peacefully and also giving yourself totally up mm. to the very end. But that's not easy. We don't know. That's why we cannot answer that. <laughs> The, the body, of course, the body later will become uh, decomposed. So, and then resurrected again, the body will become. Not in the same way. You know, chapter 15 of St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians dealt with that question. He was asked, in what form will the resurrected body be? Right. And then so, uh, 
Paul, sorry, uh, his answer was really like this. What a foolish question. <laughs> because he said, it's like the transformation of a seed. When you plant the seed, it was in another form. But when it grows, it's not anymore the seed. It's like a tree. It's, it's something else. So in the resurrection of the body, that will be another. So we don't, we cannot imagine it. No? But we cannot make it like a literal thing that you will be the same, Marife, or you will be younger when you become, when you get resurrected. I guess the more important thing is how do we live this life in Christ? In Christ. Uh, we have uh, said a lot of this in the beginning of our Bible study, you know, to live in Christ. How do you put him really in your life? That you remove the fear even of death. Because this second reading is giving us that consolation. That even if we depart, we are not really fully departing because we are in Christ. And he has already preceded us. Okay, He has preceded us in the resurrection and we will follow him there. And we are sure. In fact, the resurrection of Christ is really the beginning of a new era. That's un unheard of. Okay. So, sister, I don't know about this. Uh, as this is a healer, there were three persons he resurrected the son of the widow's son and Nazaro and the rest of the world. So, they are resurrected life, no? Then later they will be again die. another. So, it's not called resurrection, it's called resuscitation. Even the even the one of Lazarus is resuscitation. And in fact, if you read further in the gospel, those who were converted because of Lazarus wanted to kill Lazarus now because he was already attracting people to Jesus. Okay, meaning to say they remain human. Whereas the resurrection of Christ is a different reality. Okay. You cannot Resuscitation is just a physical raising. Uh, re resurrection is a spiritual raising up. And in fact, that's why in the appearances of Jesus, he was not immediately recognized. Right. Even Mary Magdalene did not recognize. She thought, she thought he was the gardener. <laughs> okay, so I hope somebody... Yeah. Uh, Jane, okay. did you... Give I, I us your you, reflection. Let me have a question first. Like for the first fruit, they said Christ the first fruits with a yes, yes, yes. Uh, You mentioned something like the resurrections. Okay, he'll be the first. So any other meaning of where Christ is supposed to be the first fruits? The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, no? Because the resurrection never uh, it never happened before Christ. No? So in our Christian faith, no? in our belief. It was the first human who really resurrected and who came back from the dead is Christ. Now, it's a matter of faith. That's why it's called first fruits. No? It's a matter of faith. You don't have, uh, what you, even in the films, they find it so difficult to portray the resurrection. Although there's a promise now of Mel Gibson producing the sequel to The Passion of Christ and it will be the resurrection. Because it's, it's a question of the body. What kind of body, no? Rightly, Mr. Marifer is asking here. What incorruptible, kind of, they said. He said. 
Okay. From corruptible so, to incorruptible. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So read read the continuation of chapter 15 of Corinthians. So it's a challenge to our imagination also. Okay. So first fruits is really yeah, Jesus was the first one who has been raised from the dead. Okay. And since uh, uh, he was human, human also like us, then it becomes the fulfillment of the promise that we are also to be raised like him. Okay. Yes. Anything else? Yeah. I agree with what saying uh, just now about the two levels. I think apart from the physical, the spiritual, the reason why the God has been upset because the spiritual. Jesus' new commandment is love thy neighbor. All these kind of things. Neighbor, not necessarily just for anyone that is in the age. Yes. So you love a neighbor, you won't go not on or go to the, uh, the square. So if we, there's a Chinese saying in my life, if you don't do anything, Bad. Even there's a knock on the door at night, you don't have to. Right? So if you are doing good things all the time, you that means you are always prepared. You you just have to be ready to to welcome all the opportunities. Like uh, as we were about to begin, the couple came mm. earlier. Mm. Uh, so the lady was asking for prayers because she was diagnosed with cancer. Wow. Yeah, and so it's so upsetting because she has a child. You know? So, uh, I mean, these are opportunities that just come to you, and then how do you respond? You know? And there are many of these daily. It's just that sometimes we're so busy, we don't have time, we are not aware that these are God-given moments. Okay? So we are somehow asked to be a shepherd also to each other. Right, so shepherding is not only God's work; it all is also passed on to us. Yes. No, so even as the Lord shepherds us, we're also asked to shepherd others, and so that this goodness no, will continue, and this cycle will also continue. Sister, uh, mm -hmm. just my friend told me that it's good if this is try to come again to judge instead of because oh, in the letter to the Thessalonians, we have that, that they were expecting that Jesus was coming very soon. So that was the question of the people in Thessalonica asking Paul, so what will happen to us? Because if the first ones who will rise with Jesus were the ones who died, so what will happen to us? Paul said, do not worry. <laughs> Paul said, do not worry about it. When is the time will come, the Lord will think how to go it very Use your time, your energy to welcome the moments when the Lord is uh, asking you to shepherd others or to feel being shepherded by, shepherded by Him. So, okay? And I guess that would be a good introduction to our final prayer. The beautiful prayer, the Psalm, uh, Psalm 23. Let's continue to God shepherd 
um, those of us who are in need, those of us who are knocking on our doors, who needs our prayer, who needs our physical as well as mental support. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. I shall not want. In verdant pastures, he gives me the cross. Before me, in the sight of my foes, for the days of my life, and, and I should in the house of the Lord for years. There is nothing I shall want. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.